Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. If you've just been duped as a Jew and you realize that the Messiah that you thought was the Messiah isn't the right one, could you be duped again? Yes, because they're going to look for somebody to come. And all Jesus is saying is this, when I come, you'll know me because I'm going to be coming right down to the Mount of Olives. Every eye will see me. By the way, when the rapture occurs, only the Christians will know what happens. The rest of the people, if you don't accept the Lord, you'll, you'll wake up one day and four of your family members will be gone. Then you'll know, but you won't know when it happens. With all the information we have from Scripture telling about the Antichrist, it may seem impossible that people will be fooled. But Satan has been performing miracles and twisting God's word since the beginning of time. His works and demeanor will be deceptively close to the truth, but that facade will hide ugly lies. When a people are offered peace and prosperity during a time of wanting and unrest, it will be hard to say no. God, in all his wisdom, has given us his word and all the knowledge it contains in order to be prepared for what's to come in the end times. But each of us has to make a decision to take hold of it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, for the conclusion of our message entitled, God's Timetable for the Future. Second Corinthians 5.21. Let's read what happened. God made him, and that's Jesus, God made Jesus who had how much sin? Didn't have any sin. He was perfect. God made Jesus who had no sin to what? Be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here's what happened. On the cross, When Jesus was there, the sin of the whole world was placed upon who? Jesus. Your sin was placed on Jesus. He became sin for who? For you and for me. And that's the only way I can be saved. Isn't that an awesome thing that God did for us through His Son, Jesus? See, there's no way to get from under God's wrath over here because I couldn't couldn't ever be good enough. So you have to go through the cross. So here's what you see. Sin equals God's judgment, God's wrath, and spiritual death. Anytime you take sin and combine it with Jesus, it's good news. Here's what it is. Sin plus Jesus equals salvation, God's grace, and spiritual life. Is that great or what? You see, I'm not under wrath anymore. I'm under God's grace. As a Christian, I don't have to worry about God's wrath. I don't have to worry about this kind of time coming. I don't have to feel condemned this morning. I don't have to feel that I don't have peace because I have peace with God. Deal in grace and salvation. That's his goal. That's why he sent Jesus. His goal is that everybody would take that move of accepting Jesus Christ as personal Savior. It has to come through the cross. You must accept Jesus Christ if you're going to move from wrath to grace. Now... You said, well, Pastor Mark, you talked about these signs that precede the tribulation. 
What, what signs are you talking about? Well, I'm going to give you three signs this morning, and I want you to pay attention to the three signs. The reason I want you to pay attention is because they, they really will give you a sense of where we are in God's timetable. As I do that, don't be stupid like some people when they hear signs and they go, ah, don't, take, don't even think about it. So when I give you these signs this morning, listen up, pay attention. Here's the three signs. The nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, and the new temple. Those are the three signs that I want to talk about. There's many more, but those are the three signs I want to talk about that tell us that the tribulation period of time is getting close. It's very ironic that the tiny nation of Israel in the city of Jerusalem is the center of action for the entire world. Nobody in their right mind would ever believe that little country. And again, if you've been there and seen the country, you go, you've got to be kidding me. That's exactly right. And the reason that's that way, it's because it's God's nation and it's God's people. In 70 AD, as we told you before, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple and the city. With that destruction, the Jews were dispersed throughout the world. And it wasn't until our generation, 1948, when the Jews came home and their nation became a nation again. Since that time, all these events have been lining up because the prophet Jeremiah said the nation would have to be back in their country. They would have to be there. So today we see these times. Now, you remember when Jesus predicted earlier on in Mark, when we read that first verse this morning, he said there's coming a time that somebody is going to desecrate the temple. You remember that? The abomination that causes desolation. There was going to be somebody that's going to come and desecrate the temple. What's the problem with that? There's no temple. So, I mean, if the end time prophecy says that somebody's going to have to come into this big temple, the holy is holy, and they're going to have to desecrate it, the first thing we need to be looking for is what? A temple. Uh, you need to keep your eyes open, because that's exactly what's happening. In other words, there has to be a temple to desecrate it. There is no temple today in Israel. There's none. It isn't there. It was destroyed in 70 AD. It's never been rebuilt. There is no temple. So what should we be looking for? The building of the temple. They're looking for the Messiah. Now you know the Jew, the religious Jew. Most of the Jews are not religious. They're like most Americans. They say they're religious, never go to church, don't care about anything else. They're not religious at all. But the religious Jews are looking truly for their Messiah. They rejected Jesus for one reason. They're looking for a man to come, a human. And when Jesus came, as he was fully man, he was also fully God. When Jesus said, I'm God's son, they went, time out, you're not the man. And they crucified him. So they're looking today for a Messiah who is going to be fully man. We'll show you in a moment. They're going to get their wish, except they're going to be deceived. Now you say, well, you mean the temple is, there's things underway that are, Getting ready to build the temple again? Yes. When you build a temple and you perform sacrifices of the animals as they did in the Old Testament, you have to have the right tools to do that. Those tools have all been lost. They're all being rebuilt. We went to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. Those tools are being retooled today for the upcoming sacrifices. Not only do you have to have the tools, but you have to have somebody that knows how to operate the tools. 
There are over 200 young men as I speak this morning in the nation of Israel. Now, they don't believe at all like we believe. They just believe the temple's coming. But there's 200 young men this morning that are undergoing priestly training how to conduct those specific sacrifices. And the third little gem is that before you can walk into the brand new temple, and that's to be dedicated, it comes from the Old Testament. Don't have time to go through it this morning just to mention it. It's called a red heifer. It's a particular breed of a cow. The red heifer is already in Israel. It's being bred. They're waiting for it to see if it's perfect. And the ashes of that red heifer will be burned, placed as they enter into the temple, and sacrifices can begin. All of these things are beginning to line up. So, now, signs are everywhere, but what about the man that's going to come and claim he is the Messiah? Who is this person? Who's going to fulfill the, the dreams of the Jews? Well, his name is the Antichrist. This is not a movie we're talking about this morning. This is not Armageddon that you go to see in the movie theater. This is real biblical things. And he has many, many names, 15 to 20 different names in the Bible. When we go through Revelations, we'll go through those. So what is the Antichrist going to do? At the beginning of the tribulation, when the church is out of here, at the start of that time, this man is going to appear. Probably going to come from the ten nations that are being rebuilt in the Roman, uh, the old Roman government over in Germany and France and England, all those countries. This revived Roman Empire is being, this is all happening in our time. This man's going to come out of here. Now what is this man going to do? Well, in the first three and a half years, he's going to come on the scene and here's what he's going to do. He's going to offer peace to this world. Think anybody's looking for peace? He's going to offer peace. Now, where is the church, by the way? We're out of here. We're gone. So what happens is when we go, it's going to get bad. Because the only thing that's keeping this world at least a little bit of a resemblance of holiness is the church. When the church is gone, we're out of here. We're the restraining force that's keeping Satan from pouring his whole vial of evilness on this world. But when we're gone in the rapture, then the tribulation starts. So we'll begin to find this. Great peace. We'll have a one rule government for the world. One rule of money. You'll find also during this period of time, great prosperity. And the world's going to go, wow, this is terrific. This Antichrist is going to go to the Jews and he's going to say this. You can begin to build your temple. I'll say to the Arabs, you can have that part of the Temple Mount. The Jews, you can have this part. You can begin to build your temple. You can also begin to offer sacrifices. What do you think the Jews are going to think of this kind of a guy? This is the man. You the man. You the man. We joke about it, but they're going to call him the Messiah. Because he is a man who allows them to build the temple, to begin sacrifices, and to begin to worship God. Now... During this seven years, the Antichrist is making a covenant of peace. Now, his authority, the Antichrist, comes purely from Satan. It's all tied up. It's all set in order. Now, in the middle of this three and a half years, we start the great tribulation. Not just the tribulation, but it's the great tribulation. It's in the middle, the last three and a half. Now, what's going to happen there? In the middle of this period of time, the Antichrist is going to do this. He's going to come to the Jews and he's going to break his covenant with them. And he's going to say to them, you can't sacrifice anymore. I won't allow any more sacrifices. He's going to go in secondly 
into this period of time, and he's going to go into the temple, and he's going to do what we read in that verse that we started with this morning, verse 15, and he's going to be the abomination that causes desolation. He's going to go into this holies of holies, and by either a representation of himself or himself, he's going to sit there, and through worldwide, however it's going to happen, the whole world is going to see this. He's going to sit there, and he's going to say this, I am God. You must worship me. Now you say, well, how could the whole world see that? 50 years ago, we couldn't even imagine that. Is that a problem today? Little salad, that is not a problem today. Now, offering a pig in the Holy Holies is one thing. But for a man to proclaim he's God, God's going to go, that's it. That's the abomination now that's going to cause the desolation of the entire world. This is things that are actually going to happen. Verbatim. Every single thing. Now, this tribulation time is going to be a time of unparalleled persecution. We'll talk about that in a moment. When the Antichrist does this, what's going to happen to the Jew? What's the Jew thinking about? Whoops. Wrong guy, aren't they? But they're not going to be laughing because they're going to be murdered immediately because the Antichrist is coming to wipe out all Jews. So now let's go back to Mark chapter 13 and we'll pick up at verse 16. And this passage, by the way, is what Jesus is going to talk about. It's really Jewish in nature. It doesn't have too much to do with us because we're not going to be living in Judea then. We're already in heaven. There will be some Gentiles in that area, but this passage now for the rest of this morning as we finish is really Jewish in nature. It's God saying to his people what you should do when you see this man step in. Let's look at verse 15. Let no one on the roof of his house go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get his coat. What's he saying? Jesus says this, when the Antichrist desecrates a temple, you leave wherever you're at for your life now. Don't go back and pack a little well overnight or what. Just need, you just leave and go because you're going to be murdered if you don't get out. Now what God's going to do during this time, and I just have to bring it up really quick. Most people believe that these Jews in Judea, in Israel, in Jerusalem are going to flee to a place called Petra. Most people, most Bible scholars believe that's where God's going to take the Jew. Now he's going to take the Jews there and he's going to protect them during that last three and a half years. He's doing that for two reasons. The tribulation comes to destroy the world as we know it and bring wrath on sin. But secondly, what God wants to do is he wants to take the Jewish people and bring them back in the worship of him. Isn't God amazing? All these years they've gone against him and he's going to he can do all this time and bring it back. 144,000 of them are going to be witnesses. They're going to share and they're going to be with angels. They're going to be sharing the gospel. It's going to be a great time. So Jesus says, to make sure you can do that, you got to flee. you got to get out of there. Go into the mountains and protect yourself. Verse 17. How dreadful it will be for those in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Why? Well, Petra's a long way from Israel, from Jerusalem. If you're pregnant and trying to walk there fast for days and days and days, would it be tough? can be very tough. So Jesus says, be careful. Now don't take that and say, well, you shouldn't have any children. That's not what that verse is saying at all. It's just saying this is going to be a difficult time because look at the third one. Pray that this will not take place in winter. Why? Well, in winter, two things happen. The evenings are even cooler, so you didn't have time to even get your cloak. 
But secondly, in Israel, in the winter, it rains. And when rain comes, it floods rivers. And when rivers are flooded, it's difficult to cross rivers when you're fleeing, isn't it? So that's what Jesus says. Verse 19. Because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. Why don't you stop for a moment? See, some of you here this morning say, well, I'm going to take my chances. You know, if I happen to miss the rapture, I'll just become a Christian during the tribulation period. You don't have a clue. It says that this three and a half years is worse than any time since the beginning of time. By the way, have the Jews had any trouble since the beginning of time? How about six million of them being destroyed? But Jesus is going to be worse than you've ever seen. Don't be stupid. And I use that term in a good way this morning. Don't be stupid and say, well, I'll, I'll become a Christian during the tribulation period. There will be people that will make it and become Christians. But you'll probably be persecuted and murdered because you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. You can't have food. You can't deal business. Your family, as we heard last week, is going to say to you, there's my dad. He's hiding over there. Go get him and murder him. That's what's going to happen. So the time to accept God is when? Right now. People will be getting, they'll be coming to this church and they're going to look for answers. Because when the tribulation comes and we're gone, people are going to say, some friend of mine said something about tribulation or rapture or whatever. I need to figure out what it's about. Verse 20. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. All that means is this, that God knew that if he left it to three and a half years and he controls that, the whole world would not be condemned and destroyed. If he left it to four to five to six years, the whole world would just totally come under God's wrath and there'd be nobody left. You say, well, could that ever happen to the world? Certainly, with chemical warfare and all kinds of things, we could destroy ourselves. Verse 21, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. If you've just been duped as a Jew, and you realize that the Messiah that you thought was the Messiah isn't the right one, could you be duped again? Yes, because they're going to look for somebody to come. And all Jesus is saying is this, when I come, you'll know me because I'm going to be coming right down to the Mount of Olives. Every eye will see me. By the way, when the rapture occurs, only the Christians will know what happens. The rest of the people, if you don't accept the Lord, you'll, you'll wake up one day and four of your family members will be gone. Then you'll know, but you won't know when it happens. So Jesus says, watch, because during the tribulation, it's even happening now, There'll be people in church services that will do miracles, and people will say, it's from God. Every miracle is not from God. If the people performing the miracle aren't living their lives according to this, you don't want to go there. You don't want to get involved with it, so you have to be very careful. See, we're under the mentality, if something supernatural happens, it's from God. No. Satan, since the beginning of time, has performed supernatural miracles. Notice it says, even the very elect are right on the edge of being deceived. So don't be deceived. You have to stay here and base your life on the Word of God. Now we come to the last picture of God's grace. It's in verse 23. Let's read it. It says this. So be on your guard, Jesus says. I've told you everything ahead of time. Isn't that awesome? 
I mean, it's like this. When you walked in, Jesus says to the Jews, to the disciples there, I've given the program for the play. Act 1, all the Christians will be raptured to heaven. Act 2, the Antichrist will come on the scene. Act 3, you're to flee to the Petra area. You're to be there. You're to understand that when the Antichrist comes, flee. And Act 4 is, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Don't be deceived. So Jesus warns the disciples, look out. I've given you everything you need to know to make it to heaven. Is that good news or what? I mean, he just laid it out for us this morning. You can close your Bibles. We're just going to take a couple moments. I want to say a few things just before we end. You say this morning, well, what am I supposed to do with the teaching you just gave? What should I be doing? Every person is either under grace or you're under God's wrath. Which one are you under? I was talking with an individual. I just performed a funeral. And the individual basically, as I went through, said this to me. He had heard the message, and when I do a funeral, I always put the gospel in it because it's a time when people think about life and death. And as we talked about salvation, he said to me this, basically, what do you mean by salvation or whatever? And I said, well, how do you know you're going to be right with God and go to heaven? Here was his answer, and and don't jump after you hear it because I'm going to balance it. He said, I'm Catholic. And I said, what does that have to do with anything? He said, well, actually, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic, but I don't go to church anymore. I don't go to confession anymore. I'm just Catholic. And I said to him, being Catholic has nothing to do with going to heaven. And you say, well, why do you talk about people like that? Well, let me balance it. Do you believe on Judgment Day as you stand before God, here's what you're going to God's going to say to you, why am I going to accept you into heaven? You're going to say this, "Uh, because I'm Calvary Chapel. Do you believe that's going to get you in? Not a chance. So I'm not talking just about the Catholic. Do you know there's some of you here that believe that this morning? Because you go to First Baptist, or Cub Press, or Tab, or New Cub, whatever. That, that's why I'm going to heaven. You're deceived. You'll never get into heaven by saying Calvary Chapel. You get into heaven by saying one thing. Jesus Christ came into my life. So I tried to talk to you. But you know, the whole message I gave, I, I believe it was plain. Because actually people have gotten saved. They've come from the funeral in the last few weeks. They've got saved. They're coming to church now. Because they know there's a difference between life and death. You see, you have to make a decision. Now, when you make that decision, it has to go through the cross. I want you to look up this verse, and then we're through this morning. Here's the verse. Very simple verse. And it says it all. Here's what it says. Whoever believes in the Son, Jesus Christ, has eternal life. But whoever rejects Jesus Christ will never see life. Why? For God's what? Remains on Him. So when I'm a person here and I'm under God's wrath, I'm a sinner. By the way, you're born into sin. If I don't believe in Jesus Christ, if I don't go to the cross and ask for Him to come into my life, if I don't confess my sins, if I don't ever do that personally in my life, I remain under what? God's wrath. And God's wrath always means the end of your life. Eternal separation from God. It's another term we call hell. The Word says that the last days are going to be tough, worse than any time ever since the beginning of the world. And today, Pastor Mark warned those who might be putting off accepting the Lord, thinking they could have a second chance 
during the tribulation. He told us about the Antichrist's plan and how God has given us the program for the play, everything that will occur and what we should do with that knowledge. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark moves into part two of his study on God's timetable for the future. He'll focus a lot of attention on what happens after the rapture and what to expect during the time of the tribulation and the thousand-year reign. While these events may seem unfamiliar and even unbelievable to many, we'll see how much of what is happening in the world today indicates that we're in the last days. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Mark. It's next time on Lessons for Living. 